When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Partes del siguiente programa han sido pregrabadas. Delen van het volgende programma zijn vooraf opgenomen. Portions of the following program have been pre-recorded. What kind of weather can I expect in uh, mid to late March in Tennessee? Um, it could be in the 70s and sunny, and it could be snowing. That's Tennessee in March. So pack shorts and pants? Probably a good idea. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Listening to Cobras and Fire, and today Bacos Plus One comes to us from the Decibel Geek Podcast. Chris Sinzak, we talk football, music, and rock and pod. We'll just kind of get into this. Uh, welcome to Slobber Knocker. <laughs> we're just, you got my brain going on Slobber Knockers there. Uh, all right. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and today my plus one comes from the Decibel Geek podcast, the mothership, as I like to call them, Chris Sinzak. It's been a while since you and I have chatted, and probably not quite as long since you've been on the show. Uh, how are things? Pretty good, hanging in there. Um, yeah, getting through life. Uh, it, it, this is the uh, time of year where, uh, well, time of season for Rock and Pod that I'm ready to lose my mind and say I'll never do this again. And um, and then in a few months I'll be like I'll be ready to do it again. So I, I've stopped taking myself seriously with that. But yeah, I'm doing okay. Well, that's good. Uh, do you now? You wake up every morning and it's uh, Rock and Pod 24/7. I assume other you probably dream about it. 
I, I guess, uh, are you a coffee drinker? I had something I wanted to get into, but it, uh, it makes more sense if you actually drink coffee once in a while. I drink about a pot a day. <laughs> Not too far behind <laughs> you. Um, it's been coming up on my Facebook feed from a lot of friends recently about jokes or memes or comments regarding waiting for Starbucks. Now, I've been to Star- I'm not a big fan of Starbucks uh, or Caribou or any of those shocking my, my my coffee tastes run very similar to my my beer consumption. I, I don't get too snooty or snobby with it, but I have purchased a coffee at Starbucks. I do know what the experience is like, and it is maddening because um the, the, the example I made is like when you go out to like a nightclub, you, you know, especially when you're younger, you're like you know, they would, on busy nights, they'd have, you know, if you're lucky, a girl in a bikini. But, you know, it could just be some dude. But a beer, a big uh, horse trough to feed horses filled with ice and beers. If all you're getting is a beer, boom, boom, bam. Even if there's a line, it's a fast-moving thing, right? You're not sitting behind the asshole getting a Cosmopolitan or a Long Island iced tea, something like that, just to get a Budweiser and have him go, eight bucks. And to me, that the Starbucks things is actually worse. It, it is like I, I, because I only, I, I only drink coffee black. I don't put sugar, cream, or anything in it, uh, no mm. matter where I get it. And because I actually like coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, to get to the point, is that like it? It'll take sometimes ten to fifteen minutes if there's three people ahead of you, and it's like yep. I just want you to pour some of that into that cup. And yep. they should have a separate, like, almost like a beer tub line. Like, if you're just getting black coffee, and the people that sit in their fucking cars at a drive-thru on a summer day at 2 in the afternoon, and you're 15 cars back, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? I just, I don't know. Have you? First of all, I guess I let me set you up with a question. How do you take your coffee? And what's your experience as far as going to the, more of the, the snootier places? I don't mind... I mean, I don't mind black coffee. Uh, I don't. I never do sugar. Um, I'll do. I'll do cream, like half and half, or, or milk. Um, not a lot, but um, as long. I, I want it to taste a little lighter. But um, okay. I don't mind I'll, if, if I'm out of stuff. Like I was out actually at a creamer today, so I just drank drank it black. I don't mind as long as I'm getting the caffeine. That's all I give a shit about. Um, but as far as Starbucks and stuff. I mean, if if we have time, my my wife is is addicted to it. But like, I mean, if we go through a drive through and, and and she wants it, I'll I'll sit there and I'll drink it, and it it, it does taste good. It's good coffee. You like you like but, the Starbucks? Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I like it. Okay, I mean, but I just get I just get coffee with cream. I I never get any of the mocha choco, whatever the shit is. <laughs> Chocolate um, malt. Uh, yeah, I saw somebody posted something on the uh, Cobras and Fire group with like a, a, a list a mile long of additives and stuff. That post you're talking about is one of the many that I've been seeing recently. The, the great thing about that post, though, is that the person ordered online and almost like, like, I'm not fucking waiting for this shit. You know, it's like, yeah, you'll yeah. make everybody wait for your fucking drink, but you ain't yeah. gonna. No, but, it's just, fuck that. I, I will say this, the, the drive through line, at least, can we make that just coffee, maybe coffee with a splash of cream or sugar? If it's more than that, you got to come in. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, no, it's just like, if I ever want to guarantee to make my my I, my wife's eyes roll, if she's like, let's go get Starbucks, I'm like, why don't we just go to the gas station? Let's just get coffee there. Because <laughs> to me, it to me, coffee is coffee. I don't give a damn where it comes from. My favorite, if I go out and get coffee, is Dunkin' Donuts. But <clears> here's <throat> the thing: I have like a, a metal thermos that I use for my coffee at work. One day I got I, I I typically just fill it up at home and, and take it. That's my coffee for the day. Um, but one day I got I, di- I didn't bring it. Uh, I didn't have coffee. I didn't make coffee, so I stopped at Dunkin' to to get some there. Poured it into the thermos. It the the aluminum canister, whatever the thermos is made out of, changed the flavor slightly, made it smoother, and now that's my magic. 
And uh, so it, it, that's as close as I get to do anything fancy. I did a couple times, because uh, they sold it here in record stores, Dave Ellison's coffee. I would get the beans and grind them, and that is the best coffee I've made at home. I, and, and I've tried the Kiss coffee as well. <laughs> Not as good. Oh, God. <laughs> um, it was okay. Look at, and, and I, we keep like a, a bag of just random. Like there's a Starbucks uh, Pike, the one that's named after the the the, the original location in Pike Place there. Uh, but you can get that in grocery stores, just in the bean form. We keep like you know a bag of that or random crap around for like you know a lazy Saturday or something like that. But you know it's Monday through Friday. It's it's Folgers or whatever. You know I just. I try to reach and go for it all, so I usually stick to Folgers, as Paul Stanley instructed me. <laughs> oh, God. So, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, the, the, we're not really making any headway here as far as solving the coffee crisis. Uh, but please, coffee manufacturers, find a way to help out the guy who actually wants coffee coffee. And uh, I, it, make the people that are wait, making everybody else wait, wait together. Just sit in your own little purga- coffee purgatory. brought up paul stanley a second i should mention we're we're recording this on his birthday january mm, 20th chapter 39 and, Happy birthday, um, paul. in honor of in honor of paul stanley today i'd like to let everyone know that um all my all of our tracks today are pre-recorded oh my god <laughs> maybe that's the cold open uh yeah um the, what everybody's listening to is pre-recorded <laughs> No, we're all um, we're all just copying Paul Stanley. Actually, um, uh, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be more no- noticeable. But I've reached out to Paul. He's going to re-record my entire track after we're done here. So it'll be you and Paul oh, cool. talking. But uh, Paul pretending, you know, doing his best Baco impersonation. We'll see how that turns out. Oh, yeah! Well, I, got, I do have a couple kiss things I can hit you with here. Did you happen to see? I'm guessing you did because anytime I get into something like this, it's like you've already like you've been in the loop for two years. But somebody basically re-edited uh, "Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park." Now, for people that uh, um, th- that are familiar with the movie but don't know what I'm talking, know some of the details. There's basically at least two versions: the "Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park" TV version that was uh, shown in America, and then overseas they had a thing called "Attack of the Phantoms," which was largely the same movie. But it, there are scenes that aren't in each movie has scenes that aren't in the other. And there is some storytelling sequencing that frankly makes more sense in Attack of the Phantoms. I'm yeah. not privy to the exact reasons why some of that stuff was changed. But someone took the two things with pretty high quality, edited them together, did, did, redid an intro, changed some of the music. And I, first of all, I got one question first. You know what I'm talking about and have you seen it? I have. It's a, a guy named Ken Nardi um, who's doing all these things. And he's been doing a bunch of audio stuff too where 
he'll take, you know, if Ace did a vocal on Parasite later on, he'll take it and he'll put Ace's vocal on the studio track. And hmm. he's got nice. he, he's uh, kind of Frankensteining a bunch of stuff together. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole Kiss Meets the Phantom oh, re- redo. Um, no, I know. I'm sure you did. But I, <laughs> I I did especially love the new intro he put on it. I thought he did a great job with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was kind of cool. I mean, I mean, I'm sure his project doing that, he put way more thought and effort into it than Kiss did making the movie originally. That's 100% clear. And yeah, the intro, I think, sadly sets you up, sets your expectations maybe a little too high because that intro really <laughs> right. changes everything. And you go, all, all of a sudden, it looks like what they described they wanted. Kind of it, it it doesn't look so silly and stupid. It comes off a little cleaner. I mean, it's still kiss. You you would still like it as a kid, but it, it you can you can dig, it's more digestible. And it's like, wow, that actually looks and sounds like a proper introduction to a movie. And then there there's it's an overall it's better. Um and yeah. and it's probably the version that I'm going to go back to because it does it pieces together the 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 scenes from the two that are different that really do help <laughs> the story still is what it is but it helps the story along, <laughs> um but then yeah some of the stuff there's just nothing he can do I mean you, you <laughs> but overall uh I, I, uh kudos to him what was his name again you said Ken Ken Garney Ken Nardi Nardi sorry Ken uh, yeah. Well, he's uh he's done a great job, and um, I'm just waiting for him to do the the remake or the reboot of uh, Gene Simmons and John Stamos classic Never Too Young to Die. Oh, that's the God. one I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I was, if he can make that tolerable, then that's a real feat. Never too young to die, but I was definitely too young to watch that. Uh, I was uh, <laughs> what a fucking culture shock when I my dad let me pick out the movie and he watched it with me, and well, I'm sure he enjoyed the. Uh, the scenes with uh, uh, vanity, vanity. Uh, but uh, I, I was, it, it, it was a weird moment for me and my father, and I really was not prepared to deal with Gene as a transvestite. Uh, and then you know, but looking back, oh, and the other thing is that like my stepdaughter has a huge, especially when she was a kid, she loved Full House. When she found out that she she found the video in my little kiss collection, it's like, oh, John Stamos. And she was going to put it in the beast. I'm like, no. She's like seven or eight, nine years old, something like that. I'm like, no, you, you can't. Why can't I watch this? I like John Stamos. It does have everything. I mean, it's got action, good-looking people, and the tra- you know, hermaphrodite, and um, the Hoover Dam. I mean, it's got everything you could want in an 80s movie. I don't even remember the plot. What is the, What is the plot on that? I know Stamos is hiding out and protecting Vanity, and she's not being cooperative and taking her tits out. And Jean, for some reason, is a singing her hermaphrodite who is a crime lord. Yeah, I think that's basically the gist okay. of it. Um, yeah. And he, yeah, and he hates John Stamos, whose character is I think Stargrove. I think is the like Lance <laughs> Stargrove. I think is the name. <laughs> it's like the dumbest movie name of all time. Oh god! Yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. It's not as good as Runaway, that's for sure. Actually, I, I Runaway I, is uh, Runaway is a classic compared to that movie. Yeah, uh, run, run, Runaway is the Godfather compared to that movie. Um, yeah, I enjoy Runaway. It's a good hurt, and um, well, you get to see Christy Christy Alley in a bra, but then she turns around and she's been whipped with a cane or something on the back, and it kind of kills the moment. Um, uh, rest in peace, by the way. Uh, and then also, yeah. uh, what was the other movie he did where he he's a uh, blows his head off? Rutger Hauer sticks a uh, oh, grenade. Wanted in his dead mouth. or alive? Wanted dead or alive? That was a uh, a decent uh, 
I don't know. He's a good villain in life. that one. Yeah. And yeah. I saw that um, some Blu-ray company, I mean, it's a bootleg company, but some Blu-ray company just put out a, a version of uh, Red Surf, the one that he did with George Clooney. I still awesome haven't movie. seen that. Yeah, he's like an arms dealer in that movie. Hmm. And then, of course, uh, well, did you see him in uh, Extract? The, the yeah, I thought he was pretty good in that movie. Yeah, he wasn't bad. That was actually, <laughs> I think Mike Judge has like a, a subtle pulse on brilliance uh, between Family Guy or um, uh, King of the Hill, uh, Beavis and Butthead, and then uh, well, he did that movie. But I, I just think he he tends to I tend to enjoy everything. A lot of times I'm surprised to find out it was him. But yeah, even Ben Affleck was kind of fun in that movie. Just a weird bartender. Yeah, I um, thought that was an underrated film and. Um, you know, funny, we're talking about Gene Simmons and Mike Judge comes up. So I've gotten into watching Howie Mandel's podcast on YouTube. Have you seen any of the episodes of his show? Um, I he have does not. a really good, sh- it's a pretty good interview show with uh, his daughter. And he had Gene on um, for for an episode, and that was interesting. And then, um, and appa- yeah, apparently on the Gene interview, uh, he tells a story about when they were recording Creatures, um, they were doing like gang vocal tracks and they were saying it was for war machine but i don't remember there being a real gang vocal on that but how he like gene dragged Howie into the studio and had him like sing on one of the gang vocals on creatures of the night apparently there must have Um, been a headline on that story because i heard that recently but the but the weird thing is is i the, the i went to another interview where he had mike judge on the show and did you ever watch silicon valley that he created I've seen at least a handful of episodes. So part of that show, the technology that was being talked about was like a hologram technology mm-hmm. in that show. And so he, how he's talking to Mike Judge and then the, there's this white box next to him. And he go, he goes, well, you know, your show Silicon Valley inspired this guy that's a friend of mine. And the box is like a hologram box. And the guy suddenly walks into the box and he's not there in the room, but it literally looks like he's right there in the room. <laughs> and he's having a conversation with Mike Judge talking about this technology. He's like, you inspired this. And during the conversation, um, Howie says, well, we have some several famous people on our board and Kisses in, included on our board, and they've bought into this technology. So Hologram Kiss is going to be a reality. Yeah, I hope it looks better than Holodeo. I hope I, I hope there's been some what advancements What I saw looked amazing, there. actually. It looked oh. like he was literally standing in the room. It was wild. And I, and I think with Gene's track record, uh, if you want to talk recently, let's just talk crypto. Um, that's an endorsement I don't want if I'm trying to build something that's going to you know, <laughs> give me wealth. Uh, I, I think he might be the kiss of death. I mean, every business venture that guy has gotten into has at best failed. Uh, it, he's just record company, magazine, uh, a PR company. You know? I am indie. Yeah, it just <laughs> I, I and then and then like bragging about crypto and using terms as if he's like some kind of insider, not a seventy-year-old Jewish man who's out of his depth. Uh, because he's Gene Simmons of Kiss. It's and just soda and vodka. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if his vodka's any good. I, I the problem is that like I wouldn't be able to tell. I can tell bad vodka, but I really don't know that I can tell good. It's almost like deli meat. I can tell you if it's bad, but uh, I don't know how vodka else. just tastes like straight alcohol to me. I don't. I, I can't tell the difference on what's good and what isn't. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we're the same there. I just mix it with some tomato juice, and then I can I can give you some feedback. Yeah. I mean, give me a Bloody Mary <laughs> or something, or do a mimosa. I'm fine with that, but. Uh, Although the the glass money bag bottle does kind of look cool, I, I'm considering buying one. 
Yeah, I'm not a big. I, I've looked at the liquor stores around here just to see if it was there, uh, but because I would like that, I'm with you. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, but did you happen to hear Cassius Morris's breakdown of, of like a debacle of getting bottles signed in in Canada somewhere? I tell you, I still call him a kid, but like that that kid's got balls. I just I love mm. the how brash he gets on this stuff, and he's like, mm-hmm. I just walked right up to him and took my photo. I was like, good for you, Cassius. I, yeah, I, no just, I love him. And you know, and, and and he he makes some good points, and I like the fact that he's like, well, Canadians are kind of passive, so they don't want to like start shit and things like that. But you did have all these people in fucking December in Canada standing outside that had pre-bought bottles, and now you're saying that they can't get what they you know. I'm sorry, Gene, I, not our fault. You were fucking late, and I don't know what the next thing is, but you got to come up with some way to make this right that doesn't include ten percent. Oh my God. Kiss Online, uh, I'm in a couple Kiss, like Kiss My Wax is one of the groups, but a Kiss Vinyl Collectors group. I don't know how many times I got to see these motherfuckers. Uh, somebody ordered the, the the latest one, and I don't I don't know the person personally, and I can't remember his name, but I wouldn't want to call him out anyway. But he, in a Facebook post, he shared uh, an email from Kiss Online. Here's the problem. He ordered four copies of Love Gun. Got a little issue with that, but whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. All four of them, actually two of them came without a gun at all, and two of them came without that little paper insert on the guns. So all of them were flawed. And their response is, well, we can't make anymore. First of all, you're, you won't make anymore is the answer there. You can. I, 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 this is an area that I literally work in. It's possible. You, you're choosing. To, now, I'm not saying that that's not the right decision. You, if, if you really only fucked up four, you're not going to fire everything up and get these things die cut, sand assembled, just to make four for somebody. But don't right. tell me you can't. That's just a flat-out lie. You can. You won't. Then they said, we're going to give you 10% off for each of the, the, the for the two, two that were missing and 10% off for the two that were um, uh, just missing the, the, the paper piece. So he gets 10% off each record. I don't think that's acceptable. I, to me, the, the one thing that, that, that is acceptable is I get to keep them. You're going to give me a full refund. You fucked yeah. up. That End of story. But these things happen left and right, and the KISS fans keep taking it. I, I commented. Oh, yeah. I said, you're way more uh, understanding than I am. I'm like, fucking 10%. And, and I misread it. I thought he had two copies and was getting um, – <coughs> 10% off for two different items each coming to 20%. And he's like, well, no, it's it's 10% off for each copy, so it's like 40%. And I'm like, no, well, no, it's not. Uh, it's ten, now, it, now it's less than I thought. I wasn't I was oh. going to accept 20. Not that you can do anything oh. about it other than never fucking shop there again. But, but I'm like, yeah, what are you worried about, man? Are you worried you're gonna piss them off and they're like, you know what, you, you we're not gonna sell you anything and, and under deliver what we promise ever again. You're gonna have to keep your money. It's like fucking stand up for yourself, Kiss fans. Oh, Ed, that's my Stockholm, rant. Stockholm syndrome is a real thing, and Kiss fans, by and large, are an example of it. Oh God, they they really do just. <laughs> and it's weird because like, you know. These, the, I can smell my own, as as, as LC likes to say, but you know, I, I, it's just, yeah, I, I've been basically ostracized from that that family for a long time, though. Me too. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know well, shit. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, and then <clears throat> when you get into the the Dubai fiasco that they oh. still haven't made right, I mean, there there's so many. There, Paul Stanley recently know, tweeted that he's on it. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah bullshit. I mean, they, 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 like it's. I'm just amazed he actually responded to a tweet about it. But uh, but no, the um, the the camp likes to make fun of Vinny, and Kiss fans like to make fun of Vinny for ripping people off. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but Kiss is starting to look just as bad. You know, as Vinny is with some of this stuff. Yeah, I think that was my initial comment when when, when we covered that about a year into them not fulfilling it. Was like they're actually Vinny Vincenting this thing. And as much as you can talk yep. about the quality of the product, what they delivered versus what they promised, they always delivered, in my experience. You know what I mean? Uh, I know there were yeah. some problems with the history book falling apart for some people, but you got it. Um, I don't understand how tone deaf you can be too, because I I don't I I don't know if you recall, but Paul went on vacation in Dubai and posted <laughs> yeah. a bunch of pictures with his family, and I'm like, this might be one you don't want to share. You know, this is yeah. maybe not for social media. Do, or do you not realize you're in the you know what this is going to trigger? But I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, do more of that, Paul. It helps with the show. Well, but. The- yeah, the irony alone was hilarious, but I mean, I I think it's just an example that they just do not give a fuck. Like you're going to pay them regardless. Yeah, I'm still. I question as I get older and I, I start to things become more into focus. I'm starting to think they're not the brightest people on the planet either. Um, I, I know they get a lot of credit for never doing drugs and and you know. Well, but Baco, I mean, they did a concert for sharks. What does that tell you? <laughs> uh, one of my favorite decibel geek moments when. <laughs> Aaron, you guys were talking about like possible like soundboard series, and Aaron Camaro like after some discussion just blurts out shark boat. <laughs> like, I forgot about that. Genius! I'll buy that. Uh, that is genius. I, I want to record it underwater though. You know, I want to hear what the sharks heard. It was, uh, it was such a bad idea that Paul didn't even show up. <laughs> I, you know, guys, I'm, I'm I'm not feeling too good. Go. Oh, well, should we cancel? No, 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 no. You go. Uh, yeah. You got this, I'll catch Gene. up with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll catch up with you at the next town. Uh, well, I, and Paul made some uh, headlines just today that I saw anyway. Uh, he is not ruling off one-off KISS shows going forward, which I don't know, doesn't really surprise me. You? Like after no. the end of the road tour, I'm saying. No, I'd say it's a certainty. They're not, they're not going to go away completely until one of them dies. If Paul or Gene dies, then that might be the end of it. Although Gene might soldier on with somebody else who knows that would be interesting um when when one of those two drop that's when the kiss tubs come out baby yeah that shit's for i'm on i'm doing business that day uh (laughs) i'm gonna be brazen about it right here like you guys have gotten enough money out of me that's my one chance to cash in i'm gonna put all my chips to the middle of the table (laughs) hopefully they go one of them goes before me eBay's, eBay's servers are going to shut down with the amount of KISS fans <laughs> trying to unload all their shit. It's all about you! Well, I can't take it I've been working myself to the bone just to make it to the moment that we're all alone in my mind I pull your body closer every second feels like a day in my mind I'm lying next to you it's just a minute away a minute
Okay, here's a, here's a funny one for you. I don't do this very often, but uh, largely because of cost, I did. Um, Ghost released a 7-inch 45 of two songs. Oh, God, it's that uh, Mariana Cross thing. It's a satanic panic deal. Uh, mm. It was only like $8, but it was $8 to get it shipped to you. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to buy two, and then I'll sell one on Discogs or something. About six months later, I remembered, oh, yeah, I got one. I should go check it out. And it's selling for like $100. And I'm like, oh, my God, should I sell it now or I should sit on it? So I gambled and I waited. But that was about a year ago. Just like <laughs> about three weeks ago, they re-released it. And now it's going for like 30 bucks. And I'm like, motherfucker, I should have just cashed in. I think if you're willing to sell something and you're going to get $100 or more, just sell it. Just don't worry about whether or not it's going to be more after that. I, I did kind of dig the the new ghost record i hadn't been able to get into them up till now but uh Mm -hmm. they're starting to grow on me a little bit i actually just shared a memory today Uh, it was 11 years ago i saw them at a basically a bar here in st paul and the whole thing um this is how i (laughs) discovered ghost and that was that's the point of my story i don't know if you saw my post but for the listener um i was basically my my wife works at a mall here in in roseville minnesota and i was waiting for her to get off work and i was at borders books I was flipping through the music magazines. Came, a, I saw uh, Ghost on the cover of like Alternative Press or something, and their first record wasn't even out yet. So that's kind of weird that they were on the cover of whatever. What might have been Metal Hammer? I you know, fuck, it was so right. long ago. But you know the whole pulp imagery and the the nameless ghouls and stuff. And I'm like, well, I at least have to go home and check check out this band. So I pulled up YouTube right. and I'm like, and then I went to their website and I'm like, holy fuck, they're playing in St. Paul in like three weeks bought tickets but uh they canceled the show because of visa issues ended up going to uh, they are postponed i should say and then they came uh, about four or five months later and by that point the record was out um i love the first album i think it's still probably my favorite and they in just a little bar they did all this theatrical and imagined uh imagery stuff and it was great but to me it's all about the the stories about discovery and how like even at, a, at an older age it kind of reminded me what it was like to be young and like you know, you, you flip through a circus magazine. Yeah. It's like, who's docking? Then you, you know, you hear one song, and then you know, Motley Crue. I bought the site and never heard uh, yeah. anything about them, and I bought Shot at the Devil. So, I kind of miss that aspect of music. It's everything is so transparent nowadays. But you know, yeah. Well, there's there's no there's not really much out there that has any mystique to it. So I mean, I give them credit for that because it's. Every, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, somewhere around 10, 15 years ago, everyone decided that all bands need to look like they work in a gas station or they just look like a regular everyday ah, guy. You so, sound like fucking Brett Michaels complaining about not making money in the 90s. Uh-huh. Well, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're talking about ghosts and we shift to Brett Michaels only on Cobras and Fire. Yeah, well, no, um, no, but, uh, we're going to push pause on Brett Michaels. We got that coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I do have thoughts. I watched the video today. Oh, no, but, no. um, but no, I, it's just cool to see a band with uh, with a real mystique. Now, honestly, if Kiss if Kiss to get back to them, really wanted to make a splash, they would get Ghost to open for them on tour. I oh, mean, they, that, that's, uh, that's a whole audience right they could get. <laughs> yeah, I know Ghost is probably well. Ghost isn't selling out arenas, or, but I mean they. But I would if they did like some big festival shows or something, have Ghost be one of the openers. I, I'm with you. I'm sold. I think that's a great. It would actually probably get me to a Kiss concert if I knew that they were, <laughs> you know, giving me an hour of Ghost uh, instead of 15 minutes of a guy painting. I never thought I'd go to. A, I never thought I would literally say that watching the the opener for Kiss was literally like watching paint dry. <laughs> ah, still more enjoyable than the actual Kiss show. Attention! 
Did you go to an end of the road tour, uh, end of the road show? Uh, yeah, and I regret it. Um, Groupon? That we, yeah, tw- tw- yeah tw- 2019, they came to Nashville. It was the first leg of the tour. 2019, four fucking years ago. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, COVID yeah, happened I, there. That's true. But um, but I, it got announced, and I was initially like, ah, fuck that. I'm not going to go. And then I got peer pressured like you wouldn't believe from so many people. Like, well, we're going. We go, let's go hang out. And Aaron was, of course, Aaron was all about it. And I was like, well, let me see what the ticket cost is. And, you know, nosebleed seats were 25 bucks. Mm. And I'm like, fuck it. I'll buy a $25 ticket to have a night out with my friends. And then uh, we went. And But one of, one of our listeners uh, was actually there at the show. And his company had a suite, like, right next to the stage, uh, like, right on the side. <laughs> so he's like, well, come hang out with us. So we go to – so I, we had a very up-close view of the stage and everything. But I'm watching it, and and my friend who's a listener, he loved. He's going nuts. Aaron had a decent time, but I'm watching everybody go crazy, and I'm listening to what I'm and what I'm hearing. I'm just like, man, it's like going to a fucking ice capade show now. It's so sterile, scripted, and there's no spontaneity to it. I know everything that's going to happen. Yeah. And the band didn't look like they were having any fun either. So I was just kind of like, eh. I just, you know. I mean, as a fellow Kiss fan, you remember back in the day, you'd leave, no matter what era at the time, you'd leave a Kiss concert and you would just be like on a high. There was this energy you got from being at a Kiss show. Even that sparsely attended revenge show that I saw in St. Paul. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just barely covered the the floor. Yeah. But you would just feel awesome after leaving a Kiss show. They were great for that. And then this, I got none of that walking out of that show. I was just like, I think I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, I I I night out with my friends for twenty five bucks, and I go to a Kiss concert. I that's not the, the worst thing in the world. Um, I they they had a group on uh, when they came here the last time, and it was four. You had to buy four tickets, but they were thirty bucks a pop, one twenty, and that was yeah. fees included. So I was sort of close, but then I'm like, ah, God. I got that's like ten bucks to park and you know, no, no, yeah. It's like I'm willing to buy four tickets and actually give them to three people, but like all that other stuff, I just not willing to do. You know, it's just. Uh, yeah. So when's the last time you saw them? Uh, it would have been uh, what was that tour they did with Poison opening 2003? The first like I think oh, the 2004 Rock the, the, the Nation tour. Yeah, Rock. It was Rock the Nation tour. Um, first one with the current lineup. Yeah. Yeah, um, and that was even. Um, I had to make some personal concessions from that because I had decided, you know, that I had saw my last Kiss concert on the farewell tour, um, and when they came back, I was against it. But Amy wanted to take her kids. One of my <laughs> big talking points, like, let your kids go to what they want to go to. Stop dragging them to what you want them to see. But whatever, we 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 took them. Um, we we got it, and it was uh, it was really cool. It was where they held that Northern Invasion event here, so it was outdoor. That would that was a plus for me that I could go there, have some beers. We we ended up tubing all day. My friend Wilson almost almost drowned. I had to go save him. Um, oh, wow! I was hammered walking into the thing. I don't think I drank anything at the show. I think I was like. I've had enough to drink. And it was the only time in my life that I've ever had the balls to try to sneak down into the pretty people area, and it worked. But then I was so amazed, I watched like half a song. I'm like, well, no one's going to believe that I came down here. So I went back to where Amy and the kids and Wilson were. And I'm like, look at me, motherfuckers. And then security was on me like like that. And I was like, they got to go. And they're like, nope. They made me climb over the security fence. They wouldn't let me walk out the side or walk me over there. I was like, you fuckers. Hey, at least I didn't get kicked out. 
Uh, That's true. But I was clearly, uh, you know, uh, I was just a drunk guy at a concert to them. So, right. But yeah, uh, I, I do remember how bad Poison was that night. Um, the, the, I'll, 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 as much as I not don't want to shift to Brett Michaels quite yet, and I do like the poop on Poison. The video that I've seen of Poison on this. Uh, um, uh, tour they just did with uh, Motley and Def Leppard, and actually, last I saw Poison fairly recently opened for Def Leppard here in St. Paul. I got a photo pass, and they were much better that night. But I am no longer believing that anything you fucking hear is is real. Uh, I I think you, Same, once you get to the point where the artists are admitting they use like some backing tracks to enhance the show, what they're trying to do is misdirect you and not focus on the fact that everything you're hearing is fucking fake. And I just, mm-hmm. I, that's my, that's my most recent theory. Uh, but anyway, that was the last time I saw Kiss. Oh, okay. I do think Poison is playing live though. I will say that. Well, it's easy. So yeah, <laughs> you should be able to pull it off. I don't know what was going on the night I saw him open for Kiss. It was like, it was like off time. Uh, it seemed like the guitars might not be in key. Um, I really can't criticize Brett because I don't think he's any good anyway. Um, I think it, when he peaks, he's below mediocre. But um, so I don't know. Just something was off. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I've heard other people say that about that tour as well in other cities, but I, I'm not. I think sometimes my criticism of poisons can only be taken so far because I'm not a fan. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like uh, I, I'm very comfortable critiquing Kiss and, and getting into things of, of artists that I'm really passionate or I know a lot about. I know plenty about Poison, but my opinion of them is pretty negative. So uh, all they can do is exceed it, expectations, you know? <laughs> 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 well, you're you're starting low, so you have nowhere to go but up. And um, and I don't like yeah. taking away other people's joy just because I didn't no, like something. You know what I mean? If other no, people I'm, are having fun, you know. It, it, yeah. And Poison seems I'm like a, that band. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of theirs. I mean, I I can also point, you know, poke fun at the things that they don't do well. But I think um, what I saw from the the tour videos, I mean, they. They looked like they were definitely, they were at the very least the most fun band to watch out of all of them that played. It seemed like an actual rock and roll show, at least. So, um, but yeah, Motley and Def Leppard, eh, so robotic and not good. And definitely more that. youthful looking with Poison. Um, you know, e- even um, uh, CC's wig uh, had more energy than uh, Joe Elliott. <laughs> That's a wig? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Uh, one more kiss thing. Uh, Bob Ezrin, for some reason, is making some uh, noise with a comment that, like, one thing that he needed to help kiss with when he did Destroyer was uh, make girls like him because only 15 year old dorky white dudes got into him. Um, mm. And I get, I, I think I kind of get his point, but but I also think the the counterpoint is pretty strong. And I've even heard Gene say this in at certain times. Kiss wouldn't be here today if it was. If their female fans was their base, they'd be the Bay City Rollers. They'd be something like, you yeah. know, like that. Uh, I'm sorry, but fucking hardcore fans are white dudes. I'm talking Kiss fans. And I'm generalizing, please. I don't need no anecdotal evidence that, uh, you know, there's somebody out there who's black who, like, of course, you're, you're more than welcome. Uh, everybody can come and have a good time. I'm not trying to eliminate anybody. I took two different girlfriends to Kiss shows who loved it and never bought mm-hmm. a single thing of Kiss after or before. You know right. what I mean? There are diehard female fans out there, but they wouldn't be where they are now were it not for the hardcore 
loner, stupid, 15-year-old, geeky, white dudes. So I don't know, Bob Ezra, and I I take a little offense to it because it, it sounds like a cheap shot uh, <laughs> at me. Uh, but at the same time, I think he's got it. I think anything, once you get more broad-based, is better. But sure, <clears throat> I mean that's what they were going for. They wanted the they wanted the radio hit. They wanted the mm-hmm. mainstream success, and to get that, you do have to get women on your side. I mean that helps. That's what you know shoots you into the stratosphere for sales. And Beth certainly pandered to the women in the crowd. But uh, yeah. but no, I mean the the lasting part of their success is all of us nerdy guys that continue to buy all that stuff. Some people buying four copies of Love Gun. It won't be me, but there's <laughs> other guys that will. There was one. Oh God! They did the. Um, it might have been the, the Love Gun Swirl vinyl that was a Walmart exclusive. It was definitely one of the ones that you could only get at Walmart. And someone was posting their twelve pictures or their, their, their the picture of the twelve copies. They it's like went to six Walmart's today and got all these. And people started giving him shit. Like, hey man, like leave some for other people or something like that. And he's like, for all you people calling me a hoarder, most of these are gifts. I'm like, all right, man. I'm a pretty goddamn big Kiss fan, have been for about 40 years of my life. I don't know fucking 10 people that want that as a gift. So, bull fucking shit. You are at least selling six of those and probably not opening five and having one as a player copy at best. I don't know. I just... I've... 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 Every, I don't troll people very often on Facebook. I'm not nearly to the master level you are. Mm, thank you. But thank uh, you. I, ha- I have made attempts at time in KISS groups where people will buy, you know, five, six copies of something. And I've made comments like, I heard that copy number four sounds better than copy number six. And the songs <laughs> are a little different on copy number seven. Just to fuck with. That's not what it is at all. I'm like, yeah, no shit, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what it is. That's even better than they come back and like try to like like reason you by just making it clear they missed your whole fucking joke. I'm like, I meant to sound stupid. That's the point. Yeah, you humorless <laughs> idiot. Uh, I was calling you out. Hey, I, I haven't talked to you. It's been a couple months. Uh, did you like my Creatures of the Night video? Did you happen to see it even? Where I did the yeah, sound did. comparison between all the copies I got. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was cool, and and I um I ordered the super deluxe set. So yeah, I've I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, can't still can't believe I spent what I spent on it, but um but yeah, I I, I thought it was it was interesting to hear the different versions of it. I wish I I wish I could say I go back and listen to it more now, but I really don't. I haven't listened yeah. to it probably a couple months. You know, it'll probably just sit on a shelf now. It's a super cool collectible. It was well done across the board. Everybody has their own personal price point, and I think I tried to make that when we talked about it on our, our own episode. Like, I didn't hear anybody that bought the version you got go, God, I wish I, I hadn't bought this. It seemed like everybody got no, what they needed fun. out of it. And then I saw that in the store, and my God, I got mm-hmm. a huge case of FOMO, and I'm like, I should probably just spend three hundred dollars on it. It's I got like right, it right behind me there. Yeah, yeah. that's it on the on my record player. I yep. think it's out of the frame a little bit. At least I, I can't. I see oh, Kiss okay. Asylum, but uh, yeah, oh, it's, it's such a, a nice huge box. But yeah, it's um, cool. <laughs> Although I remember you guys loved that uh, when I was doing the unboxing, where I was like, "There's a lot of paper goods in this. <laughs> like, there really is." Yeah, that, that's uh, <laughs> a lot of posters the, and stuff. I think that was the LC's line because I see a lot of people that like uh, don't do it in a jokey way, like he did, where it's just like, "Well, I'm just." It seems like I'm just going to pay a lot for five CDs and a bunch of paper. 
You know what I mean? Well, so uh, th- but. that technically kind of is what it is. But the sure. book is the best part of it, though. The book is amazing. Yeah, and, and I don't. I I assume it's way more in depth than what I got. But even the sixteen-page mm-hmm. book that came with the vinyl. It's yeah. just beautiful photos you've never seen before. Um, I read it, didn't really get anything new out of it on that end, other than how the cover was put together. I still, mm-hmm. I mean, I know Lick It Up is a, is a much better example, but, and I think a lot of it is like um, someone who thinks they're fancy by returning a steak. Like they're impressing the people at the table by like, I'm sorry, waiter, this steak is overcooked. You know, I ordered uh, medium rare and there's still pink in here. I think Kiss is that way with album covers where they're like, why are you doing all the Just all stand still for the photo you want. There's no <laughs> way there isn't one picture of them for the Lick It Up cover or even Creatures of Night where all four of them are, are in a position that is, that's perfectly fine. You don't oh. need to, because back then there's no Photoshop. They're actually taking razor blades you know, yep. to, to film, and they're doing four layers of film, and you got to line all this stuff up. The process was called stripping, and it takes forever, but it makes you seem like, you know what? I think I like my right eyebrow on this one and my left yep. uh, you know it's just no man yeah and the and the, the funny thing is is they'll obsess over stuff like album covers and stuff like that but then still put a song about putting a log in a fireplace on the album <laughs> it's like maybe you want to belabor the point more on the music than on the album cover i guys. expect more from you from that Sinzak. the log in the fireplace that's a lazy kiss cheap shot you got a better bad lyric uh, or the murder in high heels. That's that's pretty bad. Oh, I love bad, that song. Right? I remember when we, song we did that sucks. whole. Uh, I, I I never understood why people love that song. It's it, it, awful. Wait, I, there's somebody other than me out there. <laughs> Aaron Camaro loves the song. <laughs> I don't remember that. We were uh, you, me, Aaron, and was it just the three of us with Troy, or was there somebody else? We did that whole animalized breakdown. Yeah. Well, um, he li- well he likes the riff on it, but I'm just like the the lyrical not that gene's a great lyricist but like sure. it, even just the cadence of murder in high heels it was such a weird song so i was I, I think i like that about gene when he does kind of those weirdo kind of things he he as he got further into kiss's career he dipped less into that kind of well but i thought it was kind of neat mm. i like it um i like that whole record though i i really don't have a lot of complaints other than Honestly, the, the, some of the songs people really dig a lot. Like, I, Under the Gun, I'm done with, and I've never really mm. cared for Thrills in the Night. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. That's one of those Paul insists a song upon you song. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, when uh, she goes out at night, this girl is bad. <laughs> <laughs>
I was thinking about Ozzy lyrics recently for for no just random reason. And then I started spilling into other 80s bands and trying to think about it. I think a lot of 80s bands, because Motley Crue didn't do it a ton, but a lot of them get lumped in as just like only writing songs about dicks and vaginas and tits. And I think it's Kiss kind of like led that pack and kind of put a bad stain on everybody else. Mm, what think about that hot to take? a point. I mean, Van Halen, too. I mean, but it just... A more yeah, David LaRoth was done. much more a lot of a lot of poetry to what Dave did. <laughs> well, the thing with with Van Halen is they they knew how to do a double entendre. Kiss would just straight up say it. You know. Mm. Well, would you like to uh, chime in on what the best Van Halen of all time song is? Well, it's not Panama. It's Panama. 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 No, it's not. <laughs> the correct answer is Panama. say it's mean street but that's me oh god uh, god that is the power age of uh van halen albums by the way what's wrong with power age <laughs> 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 i'm gonna start yelling at you in a minute oh god uh well it's, i like uh, panama don't get me wrong i'll take hot for teacher over panama though yeah i know i'm sorry the the correct answer chris you're just gonna have to live with it, it is panama it has everything you want from van halen uh the some of the best uh vocal work uh of dave's career great lyrics uh probably the most m- uh, memorable uh rhythm track of eddie's uh amazing guitar solo and of course we can we cannot leave out the uh probably the best uh harmony spot drop whatever you want to call that breakdown where it mm-hmm. kicks right into the the last chorus ain't no stopping now Is oh, just, great. I, yeah, I, I'm, I don't. Yeah. I'm not hating on it. I just don't think it's the best. No, it's it's the best. So, okay. Panama. Panama. Do some football talk. Your Chiefs are still in the playoffs. My Vikings no longer are, but uh, you also have like nine teams. So I don't really know how much of a difference it makes to you. Um, I, I've always wanted six, Baco. It's only six, (laughs) only six. Okay. Uh, yeah, you've been, um, I don't know if you, if, if you were the mascot or the, uh, voodoo doll or the, the whipping boy of slobber knockers, but we've had a lot of fun at your expense this last season. Um, and the weird thing is that it it was almost planned, but not planned. Uh, uh, do you have anything you want to, you know, any air we need to clear any cheap shots you want to give back? No, I mean, I, th- I just think it's funny. Um, no, when I heard that you and and you and Toomey, I figured there would be some shit talk towards me <laughs> once that happened. And then Gene Vogel comes in, and I, I like Gene, but I really hardly know him. But he, he yeah. was gleefully jumping in on that wagon, too. But um, Oh, really? No, I, I felt like he all. was, like, a hesitant. Like, like cause yeah. For, for, you know, like, like, he definitely didn't go as hard as, as Toomey and I did. But yeah. uh, well, I, I think he's trying Toomey, to get to know you. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm supposed to do his show soon, actually. Um, nice, but uh, no, I, Toomey loves it. Toomey more so, but you to a point. Um, just love to give me shit for the fact that I the Chiefs are my team, <laughs> but I live in Nashville, so I pull for the Titans. Also, I don't know why that is such a big deal, but that's how I feel. 
Yeah, no, it's all. It's not a big deal, by the way. <laughs> in in the very small universe that is like football fandom in our dumb show, slobber knockers. Yeah, it's a big deal, but it's in no means well, a, a well, life changing thing. Honest, and honestly, if the Chiefs weren't as good as they are, if the Chiefs were like a bottom feeder team, oh, it probably it wouldn't even be a funny joke. But the fact that they're pretty much the best team in football makes me a target. Okay. All right. My best team in football. I'm fucking Chris and Zach. I don't know. Um, yeah, you got a decent quarterback there. That was my uh, contribution. Uh, I really wanted to like, because, uh, and that that is a very subtle, a very dry, cheap shot at you. You posted uh-huh. something about a year ago that 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 struck an, struck the ire in, in a Viking fan here. I was just, how can he say this? You were complaining about, I think it was Chris Collinsworth, but it doesn't matter. Insert. Was not. What is it, Troy Aikman? It doesn't, no. just, I, announcer. I, we, Blank. We do we do have to clear the air on this one. Um, okay. So, it, <laughs> I had a good I had a funny meme idea because it was <laughs> obvious that Chris Collinsworth was enamored with I Josh Collinsworth. Did I say him first? <laughs> About I think it was Chris Collinsworth. Was not. <laughs> I'm just gonna give you my. Can we side tell the people so, what I was talking about so they know what you're clearing up? Yeah. Ba- well. Okay. Well. Basically, it seemed what I did seemed to cause you to think that I <laughs> that that was it was making me believe that Mahomes never gets any credit or people always pick other players over Mahomes. I don't think you understood Which, what I was saying at, at okay, that point. You have Patrick Mahomes, arguably the best quarterback in the league. Okay. Uh, definitely yeah. a a. a on a Hall of Fame trajectory, the oh, future yeah. is bright in Kansas City. That sure. $400 million deal with the salary caps and the way things are going looks like a bargain right now. Yeah. And everything is coming up roses. Guess what? Josh Allen is pretty good, too. They're probably going to say some bad things about him, and you might have to fucking deal with it. Because they're also saying just great things about your guy. And it's annoying to us who don't have him. And you yeah, have but, one of them, and you're just as you don't get to be as annoyed as me. I have fucking I Kirk Cousins, <laughs> and you, and you're pissed off with Mahomes not getting the praise for one game. I wasn't. It, they weren't even. <laughs> it wasn't even a Buffalo Kansas City game, Baco. It, it was, was absolutely. You game. were talking about Josh Allen. Who no. was it? Was it Burrow? No, it was. I don't even remember who Buffalo was playing. I was just watching it, and I just got the idea because I mean, well, it's it's a long running joke that Collinsworth right, will get actually. quarterbacks that he will he'll ride their nuts. It's I mean, it's it happens all the time, and I just thought it was funny hearing him go on and on about Josh Allen that night. I wasn't doing this out of anger, and then it hit me in the head. I'm like, oh, I should do like a relationship post with Chris Collinsworth and and uh, Josh Allen. So I made it. And then for some reason you went like on the warpath against me. Oh, well, okay. now, now you're misrepresenting me. None of this stuff matters. I gave you some shit. I, I get that. I'm just yeah. joking. But um, but no, I was just like, I was just like, two things can be true at the same time. No, I'm not saying that Mahomes doesn't <laughs> get enough credit from people. He obviously does. I'm saying you live in a glass house. Stop throwing stones. All right, because uh, but, Chris but Collinsworth is also in a relationship with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, sure. If they if Chris Collinsworth is doing a Chiefs game, I do recall you are correct. It was it, it was it not a Chiefs, a Chiefs game. game. It was the irony of like the fact that like you are a fan of one of the quarterbacks who Collinsworth sucks to dick the most. Sure. Uh, I don't want, I don't disagree with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a meme and it was just a comment. 
Yeah. I, you and I have uh, maybe briefly touched on this. I thought it'd be fun to get into. Uh, I just like I just thought it was funny that it turned into a long running joke. That's all. <laughs> well, have you met me? <laughs> I have a long memory and uh, a lot of patience. Yes, uh, um, <laughs> here's a funny Chris Collinsworth story for you. This is going back a couple decades, but he was uh, when he was doing Monday Night Football. He was fly. The, it was a Viking game, and they were flying in, and he gets his limo from the airport and on the way to the hotel he tunes into the local sports station KFAN and apparently they weren't talking about Monday Night Football and it was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon and he called the studio to talk to the, 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 the producer of the show to talk about like you what are you guys doing you should be talking like because I think they were talking politics or something non-sports related mm-hmm. uh, something that you know maybe it could have just been something goofy off the cuff like we, we do but it it, to me, it's just like how fucking self. I, I don't. I'm not one of those guys who hates him. I think, as far as a play-by-play guy or as a color guy, I should say, uh, I think he does a, a really good job. Um, yeah, like we him. make way too big a deal out of who covers these games. By the way, oh, yeah. uh, these are they should not be celebrities. You know, other than John Madden, it should and they it should just be whoever you get. We shouldn't be like, right. ooh, it's an important game. Tony Romo's covering it. You know, it's <laughs> right. like Jesus. Who fucking cares? These guys. Should should not make the money they make because most of them don't. (laughs) But anyway, I thought it was like, oh, precious Chris Collinsworth. Oh, you got to tune into the sports radio station at 4 o'clock before Monday Night Football in the 15 minutes that you listen to. They didn't talk about the Vikings versus whoever and that you were going to be there. I just, I don't know. It's funny. (laughs) Well, just think, you know, once he retires, then we get we have Tom Brady to look forward to calling games, and that'll be blown up out of proportion. He's going to be horrible. That's my prediction. Oh, Uh, I know. he has a terrible personality. I never understood the attraction to Romo. Like they fired their A-list guy and without yeah. any trepidation, just bring him in. And I think he's been horrible. And I know I know a lot of people like him, but uh, well, I, I don't like making too much of this. Though I think the problem yeah. is that we make too much of it, and then we yeah. expect something. It's like I I I I think he can call a game fine, but I just sure. I don't know. Whatever. Well, I mean. I thought he was okay at first. I didn't see why. I didn't understand all the hype over it, but he was good at kind of anticipating what was going to happen, and he would kind of make calls about, here. This, you look for this to happen here. He did that the first season. But he's always got like, a cold. Yeah, but ah, I mean, but, so oh, yeah that's true. And he looks like LC. But um, <laughs> but no, I, um, so I could see the value in him that first year because he was kind of doing some good content as far as being mm-hmm. a broadcaster. But it seems like lately he just falls back on, I'm Tony Robo, and now he just says ridiculous stuff and doesn't really say anything of note anymore. He's he's all, he's trying to become the new John Madden, where he's trying to be more of a character, and it's and, just annoying now. And John Madden was very much that person organically, plus he did yeah. a lot of stuff outside of calling a game that drew attention and actually helped draw people in to watch a game he would call. Uh, yeah. And, you know, from the, the beer commercials to, you know, the the video game franchise. All right. Well, so wrapping up a little bit of the football talk, then I saw today that they're going to, you know, because of that whole situation where they had to cancel a game, they're doing a neutral site game only if the Bills and Chiefs uh, win this weekend. And that'll be in Atlanta. Yeah. But one of the things they announced that they were doing is that they're basically half the, cutting the stadium in half, half for Bills, half for Chiefs. And that's just like the old high school games with the bleachers and stuff, mm-hmm. right? I'm now rooting for that outcome, for that alone. (laughs) I think that would be so cool looking. As someone who has no vested interest in either team, 
Um, right. You see blue and red or whatever. You know, it's just like it would be really cool. Um, I'm not on the conspiracy train that because of the Demar Hamlin thing. Um, hmm. Did I, I'm sorry. Did I say his name right? You did. Okay. Oh God. For some reason, I thought I, I fucked it up. Uh, I that that everything is set in place for them. I. I just think people get get carried away with that stuff, and the guy fucking died on a football field. Let's not minimize that. Um, yeah. Uh, well, but for people who don't know, he he died and was resuscitated on a football field. I don't think too many people listening aren't aware of that. Too many people in general aren't aware of that. But I just wanted yeah. to correct my phrasing there a little bit. Right. But you don't want to uh, you don't want to pull a Skip Bayless. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Skip Skip's overall comment was just like in poor taste. Yeah, it, it was not necessarily wrong. This, those things did need to get sorted out, but uh, not right. In it that was moment. the wrong timing. Yeah, and it's just like anything. It's like now is you know not now is not the time to bring these things up. You know what I mean? It's just right. you know. And people, but I also, if we follow Skip Bayless's track record, though. You got to wonder if it was a little bit contrived because he knew it was going to blow up. He loves to get that type of attention. And that's why anybody that defends him is is off base in my opinion. Yeah. This is this guy has made a career out of inflammatory insensitive remarks. Yep. And in a situation especially when we're talking about this this is just sports. These things don't matter that much when in the big picture. Entertainment is all yeah. it is. So Anyway, yeah. oh, and and that's the way I view it. That, that's why I don't punch walls anymore. Is because I'm like, you know what? This is just something to distract me from my bills mm. and my job and, and stuff <laughs> like that. And it's like the world is going to continue turning whether the Chiefs win a Super Bowl or get beat by Jacksonville this weekend. It doesn't right. matter. I will not think about the neutral site game because we have to win tomorrow first. Sure, you know I get that, and I'm definitely like that. I actually, um, I, I, I off air on Slobberknockers, I took the blame for the Viking loss because on Saturday, the day before the game, I bought a Kirko Chains T-shirt to wear watching the game, and that's just, you know I'm like, well, it's a new season, so I can get new gear, but it wasn't a yeah. new season, Chris. You don't do that. You don't fucking do that, man. So it's 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 my fault that the the Vikings lost.
get back to the Brett Michaels thing. This is the uh, the topic du jour. <laughs> he released a new song called Back in the Day. I was an- anxiously waiting for this uh, to come out just so I could. I knew it was going to be bad. I'm just going to. You know what? Chris, you have the floor. Uh, first off, I hate you for having me watch this. Um, <laughs> so the video first, and song we're going to critique. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, I I guess I wasn't as let down by the song as I expected. That's not to say that it's a good song, but it wasn't quite as bad as a lot of his other solo material. Um, that's really not saying a lot. Um, Song-wise, not the worst thing ever. Um I do think Gavin Rossdale deserves a co-writing credit. Oh my god! I I finally put it together. Yeah, it's glycerine, just done with an electric guitar. The video, though, um, I know he made a lot of money on that stadium tour. Um, Really, none of that went into. I mean, he had to a poison opening up for Motley Crue on a stadium tour, but none of that money was apparently allotted for the production budget. (laughs) The video video is just so. Now, it's so bad. To to set up that, he's he first of all, he said he wrote the song while doing a TikTok video showing his fans how Brett Michaels, the Brett Michaels songwriting method, uh which is apparently to listen to Bush and and add a drum beat. Um yeah. but then he said the video was like it's gonna be like that kind of like back in the day uh MTV vibe with the green screen green screen and stuff. And I'm like, I don't really, when I think of old school MTV videos, I don't think green screen instantly. Not that they didn't use them and that kind of stuff, but uh, he definitely looks like he's right in there with the people on this. Oh, yeah. It's seamless. (laughs) Michael Bay is knocking down his door right now. It's the quality of green screen you got from like the the first Jesus Chrysler video. Uh, except for we were doing a little tongue in cheek. He seems to be all in, man. It it looks like he made it at the mall in one of those booths. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's, Him uh, and Rebecca Black. Yeah. <laughs> it is Friday. <laughs> um, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I thought it was kind of cool seeing photos from it throughout his life and his childhood and stuff. That was kind of neat. He could have basically just made a lyric video with those photos and not put himself in the because he never comes off the screen at any point in the video. It's all about Brett, and I'm you just know, like, we don't really need to see you right now. And just, then also, just like that bandana, he never comes off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then the uh, and also like photos would come up, and he would make sure that he would have like a graphic up that says me over the part of the, where yeah. he's in the photo. I'm like, do we really need to know that that's you? And and also the 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 t- the font was like a '60s font, and I'm like you. Grew up in the seventies, Brad. That's like a looks like a flower child font. So anyway, um, I didn't. I never thought something would top the Chris Holmes "They All Lie and Cheat" video that came out a few years ago. But this this is right there <laughs> on par with that video, and that's from the yeah. the the award winning album Chris Holmes put out called "Shittin' Bricks." If mm-hmm. you haven't heard that, I have. You, you talked about the old picks, but the song lyrics are just all about like you know cruising and drinking, listen to the songs. On the radio. And then the, the when you get to, there's actually a, a small little bridge, but that's the only time the song ever changes. When he kicks into the chorus, it's the same pattern, same melody. And I, look, I've never been a fan of that guy's singing to begin with, but like, can I'm curious, can he sing stand anywhere close to what it, the original version of that? Because when I see him live, he just talks, 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 talks. There's something about Brett Michaels that it's just like, it's just like he wants to be, 
anything but Brett Michaels when it comes to how the public views him. Mm -hmm. um, it's he wants to be blues guy, but he doesn't really want to put in the work to become a blues person, or he doesn't actually even have it in him. He wants to be country guy. He wants to be yep. a screenwriter, an actor, a director. He wants to uh, be a TV show personality, and he doesn't have the depth of personality or talent to do any of it. And he right. comes off as the least genuine person when he attempts to do anything other than poison. To me, poison is his sweet spot. Um, sure. Whether it's live or if they, I don't know, after hearing this, I, if I was the rest of the guys on poison, I'm like, yeah, maybe we don't want to do another record. <laughs> I, I just, I, this, and the thing is, like, even this song, with modern recording, this is really poorly recorded. And mm -hmm. it, it, it just reminds me of, like, the learning pains of trying to get a guitar tone. And it's like, but he just, because he uses like, I don't know, I'm probably getting too in-depth for a lot of people, but basically he switched, I, not, I don't know, I don't know if he played on it, but whatever. The guitars were recorded largely in the neck uh, neck pickup position on the rhythms. And that's kind of like, like he was trying to capture kind of that almost like, <laughs> like a poor man's kid rock, Uncle Cracker kind of thing. With, with, I got with the that, same vibe. With that, that tone, it's, it, but it's, it's a really bad version of that. And yeah. it seems like it's really easy for people without a lot of money to record something that sounds actually sonically superior to this. Um, yeah. I will give Brett credit because he kept plowing through when nobody wanted him to. You know what I mean? Through the 90s. I remember like Metal Sludge released a sound scan of one of his solo records. when This is like late 90s, early 2000s, where people were actually still buying CDs. And his sound scan was like 87 copies week one sold. You know, and he, I remember he came to, to through the Twin Cities here a couple of times playing small bars and he wouldn't sell out. But now he's, he's headlining like 80s festivals by himself. He yeah. makes a decent career not being in poison. And sure. those guys are kind of handcuffed because of it. But so I give him credit for all that stuff. The fact that he was able to revive himself. Power through the, the down times because things turned around. We started accepting all the 80s stuff, and, and, and he's no worse for the wear because of it. I think as a person, he's probably a good guy. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Like, he's big into charity work. I mean, I've heard he's a nice person. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that his solo material is garbage. And it's... And of, I will point out, of those 87 copies of his solo work, um, Aaron Camaro is a is a definite buyer. Um, <laughs> Day one. But even he, de even he never listens to any of it. He told me, he's like, I'll buy it for the collection, and I'll never listen to it. Um, yeah. But uh, but no, this is, uh, it's just not good. And one thing I don't get that a lot of, like a lot of these classic rock bands, there's so many people out there that are talented in like video and production work and stuff and can do really cool shit at their house. Why not just make it a contest? Say, you know, are you a videographer and you're a fan of mine? Send me your portfolio. Then at least you could look at their work and then be like, and then you could hire them for probably next to nothing, practically free because they're a fan and get a good product out of it. But they don't do but that. But if you're a fan it, of, it of Brett Michaels, are you also someone who's capable of doing a good product? <laughs> Well, some people are. I don't know. I don't have my rim shot sound effect yeah. handy, but um, but no, um, I I don't just stuff like that still baffles me. Like you could you you know I mean I, I don't like Vinnie Vincent, but I will give him credit. He at least enlists his uh, most cult like fans to uh, do all the work for him. <laughs> the sycophants. Yeah. Uh, what about that part where just out of the guitar solo where he uses that tired old like singing through a tube effect? Back in the day. 
what this needs? This needs some Brett Michael singing through a fucking paper tube, you know. I think. That's that's the STP influence in, on De, on Brett Michaels. Um, and to make the video yeah. timeless, he ends it with an advertisement for Party Gras. Well, that's the whole reason the song came out. It's just a commercial for his tour, and the graphics for that are horrible too. And I, it, it's one of those lineups where I'm kind of like, who is the audience for this? Because it's like Jefferson Starship, the guy from Sugar Ray. The fourth, third or fourth vocalist from Journey, <laughs> yeah. and I, I can't remember who else. But I'm like, or is, is not Night Rangers? Yeah, Night Ranger. Yeah, you got them all there. They are. I'm actually seeing Night Ranger front row in a couple of weeks. A friend of mine gave mm, nice. me a ticket, so uh, uh, it'll be that'll be interesting. But uh, uh, did you know that uh, Kelly Kigi uh, let us use his drum set to record the first Jesus Chrysler record? No kidding. Yeah. Um, uh, he used to live in Minnesota. He, he was married to a woman uh, just outside. The, they lived just outside the Twin Cities. But uh, the studio we recorded at, um, he was in there recording <laughs> a really, really bad cover of Imagine. No, no, no. That was later on. I'm sorry. Uh, he was in there doing something. And uh, hmm. we had studio time booked. And the guy kind of like, I don't know what to tell you guys. It's fucking Kelly Key. I can't really tell him he could go. But when he heard out what was going on, he was like, well, if you want, I'm happy to just let you use it. It was like a $15,000 DW kit you know, with the mics built in. It was already wow. mic'd up and set up. So why not? He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. You know, he's like, all right. So fun fact. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I ended up talking to him a couple times. I, he didn't. Um, he was very nice, uh, very personable. But like, he definitely got tired of the questions that I kept wanting to ask. Uh, let's just put it that way. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, no. That's, are you are you going to the party gras tour? I, I have to. There's no Minnesota dates, thankfully. Buyer. But no, yeah, I, you couldn't drag me to this fucking thing. No, I there's. <laughs> uh, I can't. I don't even understand how he's the headliner. I think he's wanting. I think he's wanting to be like the modern day Jimmy Buffett. That's the vibe I get from this whole thing. Or the modern day Sammy Hagar, who wants to be the modern day Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, it's like a six degrees of separation. Well, yeah, I, I tell you, he wants to be anything but who he is. He's wanted to be a southern black guy um, <laughs> for for his whole career, and then like I'm thinking, well. Unless people have southern accents from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, then there's something wrong there. Like to me, it's better to like embrace it. You know, you can cringe at something you did without being em- regretting it. You know what I mean? You know, you mm-hmm. can look back and say, ah, boy, you know, maybe I should have toned off on the hairspray or something. But at the same time, embrace it that as part of your history. To me, the ones that that, that are more genuine and come across real do that. But there's so many yeah. of these guys, it's like, you know, you hear Blackie Lawless name drop people. It's never people of his ilk. You know, it's mm-hmm. people he's, there's zero chance fucking spend any time thinking about him. And, right. you know, and I don't understand it. I mean, I get it to a certain extent. Yeah, you're kind of sick of being portrayed as what you are. And I'll take it. Like, I can't stand John Mayer. And the, the one day that guy decided people need to know John Mayer is a fucking guitar hero. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you write your body as a wonderland and all that other garbage you did that made you famous. You made your bed, man. You don't get to be Eddie Van Halen. You know, Eddie Van Halen, you know what he did? He's like, I'm going to be Eddie Van Halen. John Mayer, you chose to be John Mayer. Fucking Brett Michaels, you're Brett fucking Michaels. You're not fucking blues. You're not, you know, Broken Jaw Slim from Mississippi. You know, it's like, you're just who you are. And you got it good. 
Why are you fighting this? Because all these extracurricular things that you're doing and trying to be is like, look at me. I I like Sublime. I'm way deeper than my, most. My, it's a fuck off, man. You're Brett Michaels. You know who comes to your show? Brett Michaels fucking fans. They're Poison fans, and they don't give a fuck about any of that shit. So just fucking ride the gravy train, bro. It's fine. I just had this memory. So there was a show that was in Memphis a couple <laughs> of years ago at an amphitheater. And the opening three bands were Tora Tora, Every Mother's Nightmare, and Roxy Blue, like the three Memphis hair bands. And I was like, I want to go see these three bands. Well, they were opening up for Brett. Okay. <laughs> like, Brett was the headliner at this little amphitheater. And we got down there, and Rock and Ron was with me, actually. Um, it was like a road trip thing. And we met up there, and we watched the three Memphis bands. We had a great time. And then this guy comes on stage and he's hyping up the crowd. Y'all ready for Brett fucking Michaels? <laughs> and Rod and I look at each other like, let's go. And we went to the bar. We didn't even stay for one song. Wow. All right. Good yeah. for you. Good for you. Uh, I'm not going to listen to it's, it's like Brett's saying now. It's 2023. I'm hip. I do sublime covers. I'm like, huh? Oh, no. Yeah. Just, just going to be doing it. Kenny Chesney covers probably next. The problem is that this probably is who he is. Just a big, fat fucking phony. He's never oh. had anything legit in his life, you know. But uh, again, poison is, is a sweet spot. I think that's where he should stay. Uh, and even if he does like Brett Michael solo, you know, kind of like Vince mm -hmm. Neil, just go out and play the yeah. poison hits. It's all you're fucking doing anyway. All right. Well, before I let you go, let's talk a little rock and pod. Now, my first question for you on this: We are shifting now from an August kind of date to basically uh, the beginning of spring. Um, Twenty. 20 day, it's the 17th and 18th, so it's exactly 17 days after the first day of meteorological spring, which is the spring I acknowledge, uh, not actual spring, which will be the day I, yeah. I land back on uh, home turf here in Mother Minnesota. Is it weird? Because I feel weird kind of scheduling this the way I did because, like, holy fuck, it's, it's just almost going to happen. Is, is, yeah. is there any kind of weird transition there? You've done it for about four or five years prior to this. Yeah, um, yeah, it's typically in August, but I mean, there's a variety of reasons we wound up doing it this way. And then, like, I I took 2022 off from it mm -hmm. basically to, you know, focus on family stuff, and 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 I had to just you know I get to get my priorities straight again. But and then it was like, well, what do we do for next year? And then I was just like, I don't want to push it all the way to the next August. And uh, I was like, why don't we try? And I was gonna do it in April. Um, but then there was just so many competing events like Monsters of Rock, Cruise, Nam, and all these other things okay. going on in April. So it's just like, well, then I it was either that or then look into May, and then I'm like, no, then there's other stuff in May. So then I was like, so we settled on March, and um, and I was expecting a lot of people to have pushback about about it being in March, but actually, it's uh, it's been a pretty good response, and a lot of people like you know, and also several people they're like, well, I can never make it in August, so now I can come. So um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. And um, but yeah, uh, my wife actually we we went out to a show the other day, and uh, we were talking to some people about it, and they were like, well, you know, what's it like going through the planning process and all this, and how are you feeling about it? And she summed it up kind of perfectly, where she's like, it's it's basically like being pregnant, like you <laughs> you you're nauseous, you hurt. Um, you say you're never going to do it again, and then you see the result, and then you're like, okay, I can do this again. And I'm like, that's pretty much how it is. It, it is like giving birth because there's so much that goes into it. So you are basically telling women around the world that Chris and Zach knows what it's like to have a baby. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, there we go. I know, I know exactly. Yeah, Me I, too I just, because I, I just I recently could... had a colonoscopy, and the, the cleanse that you did leading the day before – 
was exactly like having a baby. Also, it, it teaches you what it's like for women to pee, for those who haven't had one. Well, I, I am anticipating having an epidural the day before the expo. So. You know what? Uh, make it a two for book me. I'll, I'll fly in early. Um, <laughs> well, give us a rundown. What, uh, what What's the lineup for this year? Oh, there's a lot. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we just announced today, as of this recording, um, the Rare Hair Show that's going to be the Rock and Pod pre-party, which we did that last year with uh, pretty good success. Uh, we did that at Mercy Lounge, which is another one of the unfortunate losses in Nashville for venues. So we can't do it there again. So um, we're doing it at a cool place called Eastside Bowl. And it's like uh, if you've ever been to the Brooklyn Bowl chain of places it's got some bowling alleys but it's got a diner a bar a music room it's it's a really cool venue cool um that'll be happening there and some of the i'm gonna bring my ball guests and yeah uh some of the rock and pod guests including um eric martin jason mcmaster stevie rochelle i think monty colvin from galactic cowboys um a number of those guests will be jumping up and doing a song or two at the pre-party show so that'll be a lot of fun and then Saturday during the day is the Expo, which, of course, guests, signings, podcasters, recording shows all day live, podcasts, uh, panel discussions, vinyl memorabilia vendors. We'll even have comic and horror and pop culture vendors. And it, it's going to be a little bit more all-encompassing this time uh, through the day at the fairgrounds. And then Keel Fest 2 happening that night, which uh, I couldn't wait to announce that because I knew you in particular would be excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, then, uh, I am looking then, forward to that. You got Steeler and Keel, um, who I haven't seen. Um, Ron Keel band are they head? Is Ron Keel band the headliner then? I'm assuming so, but I don't know for sure. That's more his domain. Than it mine. doesn't matter he's, now because I ended so. up booking a later flight. It, it, there weren't great flight options coming up back Sunday or Monday, but there was mm. a really good chance I was leaving at 6 a.m. Sunday morning. And I'm like, Ooh. I've seen the Ron Keel band a bunch of times the last couple of years, and I'm like, well, if they go last, I might just head back to the hotel. But uh, alas, I won't have to worry about that. Uh, killer band. Uh, they will not disappoint. Yeah, I'm excited to see them. And then um, Sunday, in the same room as the Expo, um, there will be a a comic and pop culture convention with some different celebrity guests there. And uh, that'll still be be cool. Uh, There might be some podcast stuff related happening there. We're still working on that. And then um, maybe by the time this is released, um, but I'll go ahead and say it, um, we're going to do another one of the cool movie screenings with the comedians, with Courtney Cronin-Dold, Don Jameson, Craig Gass. And this time we're going to cover Kiss Exposed, which should be a lot of fun. Nice. And um, then that night... Uh, that one's intentionally a, funny. We're, yeah. Okay. But yeah, it still should be interesting to yeah. see what oh, the uh, comment, commentary is. Lots of stuff in that. Um, and then that night, we, we've got a cool venue that we're going to do, uh, the Punchlines and Backlines comedy show with the comedians. Uh, it's a place called... It's a building called the Vinyl Lab, and it's a vinyl manufacturing company. But they have a an event space right off of it, so uh, called the Vinyl Lounge, and we'll be doing punchlines and backlines there. And Eric Martin's going to be doing an uh, acoustic performance to kind of wrap things up for the weekend that that night. Well, I'm looking forward to getting out there and catching up with everybody because it's been a couple years, but uh, it's it's always a good time. And yeah, anybody that's uh, listening to this show, if you're thinking about coming out and you wanna you wanna punch LC in the face and buy me a beer or vice versa, uh just buy a plane ticket to Nashville, and uh, we're definitely we're definitely available. Well, this has been fun. We've gone a lot longer than uh, than I had planned, but you know what? That's to be expected. Uh, yeah. 
So once again, my friend, thanks as always for your time. All the best to you and Aaron Camaro and all the work you do and all the help you've given us over the years. We'll see you in a couple months. Yes, sir. All right. Rock is not dead. But you can turn glycerine into an even worse song. <laughs> seems like a really dumb question now that I said it out loud. Say that again. I'm sorry. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.